Hello and welcome to episode three of the Everyday Problems podcast. This is Tom speaking. It's a podcast in which we aim to look into everyday problems, everything from mental health to trouble at work to grief and lots, lots more that we want to tackle as we move through the series. In this episode, Liam and I wanted to talk about some of the methods that each of us use to work through some of those days when life is a little bit tough. And I think it's really important to mention that while Liam and I quite often refer to depression and anxiety, things that we've been diagnosed with in the past and represent clinically recognised low mood symptoms, your well-being is all about you. And whether you've been diagnosed with something or not, it really doesn't matter. The truth is that the world is a tough place sometimes and everyone needs a little bit of help getting through the day from time to time. So we hope that in exploring these five points, and this is only five points that was really, really difficult to narrow down. So I'm sure that there will be another show on this at some point. But in these five points, hopefully you will find something that helps you on your way to a better, healthier routine And hopefully you'll find some stuff in here that you find helpful in terms of regrouping, recovering and coming back to life, feeling joyful and ready to take on the world. Here we go. Here's episode three of the Everyday Problems podcast. How are you? I'm really well, thank you, mate. I'm, um, yeah, I, I think... In the days since we spoke, I'm actually much better. Processed a lot of what is going on in the world, um, and have we talked a little bit about ways that we are finding to cope with it, which is very much a topic of today. And I think actually talking about how we cope with it was kind of reaffirmed some of the things I needed to be doing right now, real time. So that was really helpful. So I actually feel good. Yeah, I I think that. Oh, I don't know if this podcast is helping anyone else, but it's, it's helping me. So that's a good. Yeah, well, that's, that's got to um, be a good thing. If it helped you as a starting point, it, then I think that's perfect. Yeah, and how how are you doing? How are you feeling? Apart from obviously, we off mic, you were just explaining to me your uh, your decorating at the moment, which is going on. But <laughs> how yes, are you doing generally? That, yeah, other than that, good. I've got a week off work uh, this week, so we went to the beach on. Oh, nice. Um, Tuesday which was lovely and the sun was out and it was it was quite windy it wasn't all that warm but it was just nice being in a like very different environment yeah sure which was good and then yeah yesterday had the joys of decorating which is frustrating but um yeah it's yeah it's all good and my parents are coming to see us today which is nice I haven't seen them since the first week of March so oh very wow much looking forward to that yeah yeah, it's uh, the parents is a big one, isn't it? I know we um, we caught up with our parents. Oh, we're, we're, the day that they relaxed the rules a little bit, we made a effort to go and see Cara's parents, and then we saw my dad the day after, and it was very strange, actually, mm. having not seen them for so long. Yeah, we saw Kate's mum and partner on the weekend, which was uh, which was really nice. So it's the, the the first time that we've seen them actually since the beginning of february so right yeah it feels like quite a long time and considering they're only sort of 30 miles away from us we we would normally see them at sort of at least once a month really yeah but, sure um, yeah it's all it is it is quite strange but then you you kind of fall back into old ways pretty quickly as well yes yeah that's yeah that's very true with the people you're closest to isn't it i think that's yeah often the case Well, 
on the last session, we yep. said that we were going to talk more about ways of coping, didn't we? We did, yes. And um, I have, well, what, I don't know about you, what, one thing that I have come across, when we immediately finished the last session, we, we both so, sort of said, right, I'll go and I'll jot some stuff down. Immediately, I could suddenly only think of three sprang to mind. This morning, tons and tons and tons <laughs> more have done, which is brilliant. That's, that's a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, that, that's, yeah. it's a gift that there are actually so many ways of dealing with um, low mood conditions that are helpful. Some will resonate with some people, some will not, but it's worth exploring them all. But I, I think it's probably worth, I, I, again, I, I don't wish to generalise, but other people may be different to me. But I know for me, I love to be given enlightenment on a thing which is helpful and to have time to digest that, whether it's a book or a technique or something like that. But when someone very kindly says, here's a whole library full of resource, you know, download all of that, I st I'm more inclined to leave the whole thing because it, it's almost kind of too much. So I... I I figure it, it would be quite not. We might touch on things that are outside the things we thought of initially today, but um, it's probably a good idea to break it down into small chunks and let people feel their way into it and, and decide what, what sticks and, and what doesn't. Do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's um, really yeah really sensible approach because it is quite easy to feel overwhelmed by um, the number of different things that you can do and then also the number of uh sort of different options within that mm. uh and similarly with the with the sort of resources that you can find about e each of those things individually that in it, that alone can be quite exhausting just to just to try and find a good starting point cool well i've got three and you've got a couple there as well i've got two today. yes so should we start with your first one yeah all right let's jump in there okay So uh, welcome everyone who's listening to this, by the way. Um, we probably did that in the intro, but um, this is a little list and by, by certainly no means exhaustive as we've just kind of meandered around um, of ways that Liam and I have found that help us to, well, frankly, to get through the day, um, particularly for, for us guys that there has been a focus on um, as sufferers of depression whether the the question rumbles on is whether to the, that is a uh, a permanent thing or, or or a temporary thing or something that's going to resurface every few years that's another topic we'll come back to at some point regardless of that um we were trying to find ways to help ourselves and to talk about how we get through um depression how we keep ourselves afloat um but actually it's more than just that, I think, for me, as I was looking at these things, these are things that I now just do as, or I try to um, remember to do just as part of everyday life, really. And just to, because, do you know what, life is, life is tough. Life isn't always easy and it doesn't take a, um, a clinical diagnosis of there being something in inverted commas wrong with you. Um, to actually feel the pressures of what's going on. And particularly as we record this, we're in lockdown the news is very heavy with very real issues around the world that, that the world that affects 
um, that are affecting lots of people, some that are affecting literally everyone. You know, it, it can be it, it it can be a tough old world out there, and frankly, is right now. So these are techniques really to help anyone. You don't have to you have don't have to be a, a diagnosed sufferer of anything in particular to find these useful. Hopefully, you will. So the first one that I've got. Um, it was a really simple one. I thought this was a good place to start and it's getting up with your alarm. Now, I just found this really useful. So the definition of a morning person is, uh, is open to interpretation. I'm pretty good at getting up uh, as early as you need me to. Whether it's, I, I used to work in a job where I would drive all the way across the country. I had national account management and I, I could be driving some days an eight hour journey or a 10 hour journey or something like that and I could have to get up at half four in the morning to travel or something like that. I didn't enjoy it but I'm totally capable of doing it. I, what I can't do is have a conversation with you for probably <laughs> the first 90 minutes so I'm good at getting up um, pretty sharpish, getting up out of bed and getting on with life as long as I don't have to talk to anyone and I don't know if I'm alone in that uh, by, by I, I feel the same, Tom, but probably for uh, about three quarters of the entire day. So um, <laughs> you're not doing so bad there. Oh, OK, well, there's some solidarity there. That's good to know. Um, yeah. And by total contrast, uh, Cara's less good at getting up, um, you know, as, as the alarm goes off. But once she's up, she can fly into conversation have debates and things so it, it's quite funny we're not a perfect match in the morning but um we, we've known each other long enough that we we've uh, we've made it work pretty well the the topic of getting up with your alarm the reason that i find this particularly helpful is that i think the bed your bed the place that you sleep or you know even if you're having a sleep on a sofa or whatever it is if if you're if you're feeling down if you're feeling low um sleep is a safe haven nothing can it, the well you feel that nothing can harm you when you go to sleep whether that's at night time whether that's having an afternoon nap and there's a lot of truth in that and, and something I'd like to explore in in future episodes as well is the concept of sleep in itself which I've been learning a little bit more about and and how actually trying to get as close to eight hours as possible can save your life in a in a very literal way um Sleep is sleep is really important to us, but I find particularly at times when I'm struggling, as we kind of touched on the last time we, we talked, that that safe haven of sleep and being in bed or being under the duvet can become too much of a crutch. It can be too easy to, to go there and what starts off as necessary rest. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big believer that if you need a a nap during the day or something if you really if you can be learn to be honest with yourself um, about whether you really need the rest or not I think that napping is actually really really good for the brain um, and sleep certainly is but there comes a point where it, it can be dangerous I think you can you can spend too much time wallowing um, and what, what you're doing if you're not able to get up and force yourself to move into the day um, is you're not allowing the endorphins to start moving in your body. Um, you are more likely to remain in a low mood state. Uh, I'm not a scientist. We probably will say at least once an episode that neither myself or Liam are medical professionals. Um, but there is science on this stuff. You can find there's a whole, there's, there is a 
uh, untold number of um, rabbit holes to lose yourself down if you want to research this stuff. But essentially sleep is important, but inactivity can be quite dangerous. So when my alarm goes off, I, when I'm having a bit of a tough time, am more prone to hearing the alarm go off in my slumber, hitting the snooze button. I don't know if you have an actual snooze button. I tell the uh, the Android thing next to my bed to snooze. Um, and it goes to, to sleep for another nine minutes and then the alarm goes off again. There's nothing wrong with that in practice. What I have found is that if I'm likely to do that once, I'm likely to do it twice or three times or even four times. And, and the, what happens is, as the alarm goes off, instead of hearing that alarm and teaching yourself that that is the signal that it is time to get up and start the wonderful day ahead of you and you know go into all the many opportunities to to do good things or experience good things eat good food or you know learn something new um, that the alarm goes off and instead of getting up you begin a conversation in your own head with am i ready can i do this is it time this is very comfortable um and you know at the weekends, perhaps, or on a day after a particularly busy period, I think everyone deserves a lie-in. But I know for me that if I'm doing that every day, that becomes quite dangerous and I spend longer and longer in bed and, and that time for me is not particularly healthy. Um, so for me, it is about cutting out the process of alarm, debate, and then eventually get up because that that's can turn into particularly as i say if, if it's if it's been a, a a very low period that snooze which is supposed to be oh okay i will get up in a minute it's gone past an hour before that's not regular for me but it has done that and i haven't always needed that a gp once said to me when i i talked to him about um my unusually high requirement for sleep he said i get it there's not necessarily anything wrong with it, but you, you've got to be honest with yourself. If you're feeling like you need more sleep, ask yourself, do you actually need the sleep or are you just avoiding getting on with the day because there are things that you don't want to tackle? And you know pretty quickly, if you're honest with yourself, which of those answers it is. So the first tip yeah. for me is just to kind of get into the practice of hear the alarm, swing your legs out of bed, and get up. You don't have to do it energetically. Swing may be a bit much, but um, when when the alarm goes off, um, to try and I, I would say no snoozes. Um, but even if you can teach yourself that one snooze is enough, and after that you have to get up, that for me has been really really useful because I find that the day that I face once I've got out of the bed and I've got downstairs and I brush my teeth is never as bad as the day that I was dreaming up in my head while I was in and out of those snoozes. So that's my first tip. There's so many things in there, Tom, that um, that resonate not only with me in terms of the, the actual action of uh, of getting up and the, and the struggle that that can be sometimes, but actually with, um, with some of the, the things that, that we'll talk about later as well, I think there are some very... Um, there's, there's some themes within that that definitely probably work across all of all of the different things that we'll talk about today sure sure um and and one of the main ones that i think that 
that's probably worth acknowledging is that overuse and how that can be dangerous if you've got you know if you've got a, a day or a few days where sleeping lots is really really helpful then then that's absolutely fine but but it's quite easy to fall into a um a situation where you you begin to overuse that and that, that it then ceases to become helpful when it actually yeah. um has a bigger impact on the cause of it yeah absolutely so yeah i think that's a, a common theme all, that's likely to emerge already That leads nicely on to to my first point, if you're happy for us to move yeah, on. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Great. Yeah. So um, the first thing that I've uh, listed down that I find really helpful is exercise uh, and a kind of any form of physical activity. There's lots of studies out there, lots of research that show that physical activities uh, have a, a real big impact in improving mental health yeah it can help with better sleep happier moods managing stress anxiety uh, and, and racing thoughts by giving you a, a way to focus on something different there's also the the kind of physical um impact that it has in releasing cortisol which helps manage stress and endorphins that are released as part of uh, the exercise process so I will share some links to some research on those. In terms of the things that I find helpful, as a starting point, walking is a, is a great way to, to begin the journey with exercise. Oh, absolutely. As, as simple as just getting up and getting out of the house, I think is really, really important. Um, the, the, what we've experienced in lockdown has, has really given some extra time for me to to do that on a on a daily basis and i notice the difference on the days that i do do it and the days that i don't sure i would agree with that um and then from there running i i find really really uh good as well it offers a chance to to sort of burn off a lot of stress i generally run on my own but there's plenty of running clubs around if people want more of the social elements that, that go with it yeah and again, I, I don't really run competitively, but I have done park run um, quite a few times. I'm not sure if you're a, a, aware of what park run is. I am, but um, the, there's probably similar things in, in other people's areas. Do you want to just give them a bit of info on what that means? Yeah, so park run is, um, is really great if you want to run against others, but not necessarily in a overly competitive environment. So park runs a 5k race that takes place on saturday mornings um they run across the uk it's completely volunteer run uh and uh, yeah it's a great friendly atmosphere so it might be a good starting point if you wanted to run in a more competitive way as well excellent uh, re recently i've started doing some yoga which has um, been really good as well so it's low impact but great physically for you and and also offers some really good uh, sort of mental in the moment release so there's there's lots of classes i'm sure that you'll be able to find locally but there's also some really good online tutorials yoga with adrian is where i've started which you can find on youtube there's hundreds of classes on there from individual classes uh to whole programs aimed at beginners intermediate advanced uh, so that's been a real good starting point 
And then the final uh, thing that I do that works really well for me is five-a-side football. Oh, yeah. I find... I find that the team exercise uh, or, you know, working as part of a team is, is really, really good. It's a, it's a great motivation when you're, when you're there to keep going, where I, where I might struggle a little bit more with doing something like running uh, to keep myself going all the time. Having other people around you really is really good motivation. Sure. Uh, at the moment, I, I only play a sort of non-competitive games. So with the same group of, of people weekly. Uh, but there are plenty of of games similar to that, or teams that are looking for players. Gumtree is a is a real great place to start to find teams that are looking for. Oh, really? I never would players. have thought of that. I never would have yeah, thought of looking I've, on there. Yeah, found several uh, several games that I've got involved in through Gumtree. So a real good, um, real good resource for finding uh, five aside teams, but also lots of different um, lots of different sporting teams and. Uh, things like bands and stuff as well it's a, a good way to, to kind of find your way into other things in your local community this directly comes on from the the previous one that i was talking about it's um oh but you use word like cortisol and stuff i didn't think we we're going that deep um <laughs> i need to do some more i need to do some well, more I, homework I'm and get some bigger reading words, verbatim from a uh, document <laughs> from mind.org.uk so oh, now you've said document where am i supposed to go <laughs> i'm gonna actually have to do some some learning or something um no i i think um i mean definitely physical activity is unquestionably uh, for, for me uh, um I, I talked before about how just thinking that rest was what I needed one particular day and then realizing very quickly when I got up and out of my seat that actually it was it was time to move and it had it had a an immediate effect on me chemically in terms of my mood it, it really made a difference and I think what's what's probably important is activity in itself frightens some people I think some people might think of themselves as being unfit or um, uncompetitive if it comes to uh, sports and things like that and and do you know those, those things you can come if you're one of those people you're not sure about those things you can get to those points afterwards if you even want to you don't necessarily need to mm. take it that far if you're someone who enjoys those those things and that's absolutely fantastic um the but the act the simple act of walking and i must make a point of putting in the show notes there is an amazing book which is beautifully written um, I'm staring at it now on a, on a bookshelf here um, by Erling Kag. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not. And it's called Walking uh, One Step at a Time, I think is the subtitle. And it's a book about the, the physical and metaphorical act of walking and how you literally are able to... There is no problem that you cannot walk away from. And that's not the same as ignoring your problems it means literally the the time it takes you to get up and move around and he's he, this guy walks everything from hills and and fells and mountains and things to just round the garden to city streets to he even does a, a journey in the new york sewer system and wow. the, the, yeah i know and it, it's it's surprisingly beautiful in a weird way you have to read the book to to believe me but um it, his point is being on your feet the chemical difference to you is is fantastic for your brain but also just that time is meditative and the the space that you give yourself 
to walk through the problems in your mind or, or to, um, to give yourself extra stimulation in the form of the things that are around you, as you, particularly as you walk into new places, which stop you then dwelling on things which dwelling is not going to particularly help. And I think for people that find this podcast helpful, we, mm. I think there's probably quite a lot of overthinkers out there um, who, for whom that extra stimulation is really important. So I think that your um, idea of exercise or, or getting up and moving, Liam, is, is fantastic. And that particular first point of just, just start with the walking is, is absolutely yeah. unbelievable. So, such a difference it's made to me. That that book sounds really interesting, and I don't if, I don't know if you've ever read um, any Haruki Murakami, the Japanese. No, I haven't. Right, uh, oh, he's well, he's amazing, but he uh, he's, he writes fiction, but he wrote a non-fiction book uh, called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, which <laughs> is uh, sounds very similar to that book, but it's uh, he is somebody who runs just for his own kind of for his own release doesn't run competitively or anything like that yeah but lots of the he uses that to get over when he's got writer's block when he's got other things going on as as kind of partly as distraction but also as a way of giving himself the space to work through those problems yeah okay so yeah it sounds like there's um there's some some similarities that's brilliant those two as well yeah and i think when when um i mean the the guys that write these books generally have done so because they also have a talent with words and if um if anyone listening to this is getting the impression that the the two books that we just um talked about are manuals on how to go for a run or how to go for a walk or something like that i obviously i haven't read the book you've just mentioned Liam, but i suspect the same is true of them both that's not what they're about it's it's about the effect that they have on you and they're beautifully beautifully written um pieces so yeah definitely definitely worth a bit of your time um, listeners i would say and and uh, we will we'll put both of those uh in the show notes and i'll certainly pick up your recommendation liam that sounds great yeah i'd be keen to read to read the one that you that you've mentioned sounds amazing Shall I go ahead with um, yeah. with my next one? So we're, we're yeah. on tip number three now, and we did definitely touch on this one um, in a previous episode, but just wanted to spend a little bit longer on it because it's quite wide. Um, and, I mean, you could spread this out into at least an episode of its own. Um, but meditation. Now, meditation, it's worth talking about because, as with so many things that we will probably come to discuss in the course of of this podcast is certainly one more we've got even in this episode meditation is kind of uh, people are fearful of it people hear the word and don't know what it means and some of you definitely will that wasn't meant to come across as as patronizing some of you will be well practiced in this but there is a stigma attached to the word meditation because it seems so otherworldly what what does it mean well i've seen these pictures of people crossing their legs and sitting on the floor and maybe even making om noises and what what does all that mean Mm. it's a wonderful way to slow down to put worries aside while you're in a meditative state which basically just means being quiet um, and trying to get in touch with your own thoughts and and move away from the noises around you that's kind of what it is and it's It generally starts by sitting down in a comfortable position, by taking note of the the sounds around you and then 
concentrating on this on the sounds and the feelings within you and while you're doing that and you're breathing deeply and you're taking notice of your breath your breathing in and your breathing out and you become more and more inwardly focused and eventually you will end up in a comfortable kind of trance and by trance I don't mean that you have hypnotized yourself not entirely uh, it doesn't mean that you are suddenly at the mercy of the world around you. It just means that you are kind of at peace with yourself and, and you will find that if you, it's not easy, it takes a few goes to, to, to sort of get used to doing it. But what you will find is you do tend to then start thinking about your own stuff and your own body and your own mind. A good way to get into this, there's kind of two different types of meditation that I use um, or that I practice. There are guided meditations and then there are, I don't know what to call the other kind, solo meditations, I guess, which is just me trying to find my own way, which has taken longer to, to, to get used to. But the guided meditation, there are lots and lots of apps. We'll put some of them in the show notes. Uh, they, they include names like Calm, Headspace. Um, I've just discovered Omvana. There are similarities with all of them, but they will all have a slightly different um, presentation. So you will, you will, you need to be, if you're going to embark on a meditation, you need to be able to get comfortable and to believe that you can be at peace with the voices that you're hearing. So if you are mm. trying out one app and there's a, there's a particular presenter that irritates you, which is, which is a human thing, it doesn't mean you dislike them, maybe you do. Um, but it's, you know, move on. You can get other ones. There's yeah. others. If you find that something really great, Liam, I don't know if you've found that because I know that you've, you've certainly tried a few different apps as well. Um, and the great thing about these, these um, guided meditations is that they are put together by practiced meditation. I was going to say experts. I suppose the point of meditation is that you never become an expert. It is a practice. It's something that you're always getting better at, but it's, it's, um, they're put together by people who are very experienced and they will focus meditations to get you to think about, uh, one meditation might be, for example, your health. One meditation might be about getting better sleep. Um, a meditation might be about, uh, combating stress or depression. Um, and they even go into further things like helping with your career or guidance on um, accumulating more wealth. They can be surprisingly practical things, uh, but it all starts with sitting quietly and just getting into the moment and into what we call the flow and just listening to to your own body and your own mind. So I honestly recommend most of these apps that we've mentioned um, will come either free or they will have an element like an introductory um, episode or playlist which is free and mm. if you go no further I would highly recommend that at least you go download a couple of the apps and just listen to whatever they've got for free obviously remembering if you don't wish to to stick with the subscription that you need to cancel it at some point but just go with it give it a try I think you'll be surprised at how accessible they are. They're not as, if you're not someone who's experienced in meditation, if you've never been down that route before, it's less scary and less otherworldly than you think. And I would really recommend, a, uh, recommend that, um, that people give that a go. Um, I was, um, I don't think I would say that I was skeptical in terms of, I, I never thought that it would be nonsense, but I didn't, I wasn't sure that it was something that would work for me. 
and yeah, I'll, I'll I'd agree with that. Delighted to be wrong. Yeah, that that doesn't yeah. surprise me. I think that's a pretty human reaction to it, isn't it, Liam? And and the other one, yeah. that, just briefly to mention, is when once you've done some of those guided meditations and you sort of get a feel for how it works, this is something just to try, really. But I have found that some days there I know that there is a particular thing that I I want a little bit more clarity on and I am struggling to find that clarity just by sitting staring at my laptop or scrolling through my phone or something like that and I'll take myself away and without the guided meditation we'll just try to do um, to, to do something to center myself to get into my breathing to become quiet and eventually to go into visualizations of the thing that I'm trying to overcome and it doesn't always work but when it does it can be really quite amazing and if I that's one of the things that I do first thing in the morning when the house is quiet and I find that when I've finished the meditation if it's gone really well those thoughts will still be unlocking themselves while I'm brushing my teeth or I'm in the shower or I'm doing you know making the coffees um, I feel like I may have said these things before um, on, a, on a previous episode, but I, honestly, I recommend start with the guided meditations. And if it's something that you find useful, then it's something you can play around with. And don't mm. worry if you don't feel like you've become a black belt in the first week. I've been trying to do this for, uh, what do we say, probably the beginning of this year or something. And, I'm, and it's still something that on some days I just can't get there. I, my head is just too busy, but the more you practice, the, the easier it comes. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, in terms of practice is the, is the kind of key in sticking with it. One of the things I found really helpful when I started on my own journey with meditation uh, about a year ago was I, I actually listened to an interview with um, Andy Puddicombe, who's the founder of Headspace. And prior to that, I'd, I'd kind of struggled with the maybe the sort of mysticism of it and yeah. feeling quite cynical uh, about it. But actually listening to his journey and how he um, and how he became an, a sort of expert in it by um, training as a Buddhist monk, but then having a very present day experience and relating his learning as that to the business world to day-to-day wow. life yeah i i found that actually really opened the door to me to um to get to get me into it and then also with um with headspace there's some good videos that explain some of those things like visualizing how that works sure uh, in a really straightforward and and short manner like a sort of you know minute or two long videos yeah which again just breaks down some of that mystique behind it all and um even for some quite for some quite small things i found it really really helpful so one of the um one of the short single meditations that that i've done is about how to help with giving presentations sure and the um, and the main thing that it focuses on is um keeping an awareness of your of of the soul of your, the soles of your feet on the floor hmm. and how you're holding your weight throughout giving that presentation so as you don't lose sight of of where you are and you don't start thinking about 
the next slide that's coming or, or losing yourself. It just keeps you grounded and keeps wow. you in the moment. Wow, very literally speaking so as well. That's great. Yes, yeah. I, I like yeah, that so a lot. powerful. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's been, it, it, I think it's a really great example of how it's helped me in a very practical manner, sure. not just from the broader sense, but actually in a, in a specific moment that lots of people feel quite anxious about and, and probably don't particularly enjoy. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant, isn't it? That's so yeah. simple. I, I love, and this is it. Practical examples are, they, they make everything much more accessible, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, for me, I, that, that's where it has the, mass, the the big gains is where it helps me in the, those small moments day to day. Mm -hmm. Just just to give me some scaffolding to, to keep me safe and, and the structure to keep keep me operating throughout my day. I think that segues nicely onto mine. Next one again, if we... If you're happy yeah, to. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Let's have it. Okay, cool. So my, my second point um, is is a sort of large or a broad broad range of things that help me. And they ultimately relate to, to being present, keeping in the moment, and things that enable you to remove remove your thoughts from your feelings and focus completely on something else okay. or a particular task. So I've got a few examples of what this entails. Obviously, the things that we've already mentioned or some of the things that we've already mentioned, yoga, meditation, exercise, um, all, all give us examples of being present and being in the moment. So some of the things that work really, really well for me are, are cooking mm -hmm. and um, baking in particular. So over the past couple of years, I have, um, or I, a couple of years ago, I started making sourdough and as i've tips yeah well I'm, I'm, maybe that's uh, another episode in itself but um I've, i've found that that process has, has been really really good the starter that you use for for, for sourdough that, that um that is a kind of a active ingredient if you like needs some care so it keeps you engaged but it's very it's very um minimal so it's not a massive commitment uh, from that point of view But the but then the repetition of doing the same task um, has given me a lot more confidence to experiment and try new things as oh, well, great. not just in baking but cooking. So I think that's been a that that's been a real that's been really good to grow my interest in that area. But just having that repetition, that task uh, that's quite that's quite hands on as well, is uh, has been really really helpful. I think I talked about this in uh, when we recorded previously, but video games I, I find really helpful for keeping me in the moment. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a there is one thing I think that is worth saying that managing the time that you spend doing that might be challenging for some people, sure. and I think it it is definitely something that um, that probably in my younger years I I would have definitely overused and and just spent all of my time doing. Yeah. Um. But the the The, the the sort of game cha choices that are available now have have, have changed a lot. There, it is something that is there to suit all. It's not the boys only world that I think it was once presented mm. as. And uh, I'm sure over the the lockdown, we've all seen the the kind of increased uh, publicity that jigsaws and puzzles and things like that have had as well. They offer the same yeah kind of experience. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
So I think they can uh, they can be really, really good if used in the right way. And then finally, just sort of creativity of any kind. So whether it's colouring in or learning a new skill, playing an instrument, taking photos, anything that keeps you present um, and in the moment is is a really, really good way of, of having that distraction. Mm. For me, playing the guitar has been really, really great. It's, it's and I'm sure you'd agree with this, Tom, yeah. there's... there's always new ways to improve and uh, sort of expand on the different styles and songs and it, it's kept me engaged and present and probably sane for the, the last 20 20 plus years that i've been playing guitar yeah that's uh, i mean it's it's funny isn't it i find that um you, you you're absolutely dead right it what about all of the things that you've mentioned i there may be people who listen to this thinking well how's that they're just saying stuff like that they're just you know that we're just talking about things that you do how is that how is that any different to me getting on with my day the the point is that um sometimes that there are times when you do need to spend dedicated time to working out what's going on in your life or in the world or making important life decisions and things like that but the nature of a lot of people who will suffer particularly with no, low mood symptoms and that will be increased at the moment in terms of the amount of people experiencing those symptoms and the depth to which we experience those those symptoms is that actually we spend a bit too much time um, focusing on, on life's challenges and staring at a problem forever doesn't necessarily get it solved and isn't necessarily good for you. So activities like this and the baking one is great for me because i know a lot of people that that bake and they're so happy when they're baking and when when they produced it, mm. it it's it's an activity that is i mean it's it's you're creating food when has that ever been a bad thing um mm. it smells great it tastes great maybe the first couple of goes certainly in, in my experience aren't any good but you you quite quickly make something that at least is edible and then you, you get better from there but the point is that while you're doing that you're doing something that that is thoroughly wholesome and innocent and good and harmless and it is keeping you concentrated for a little while on something that stops you perhaps from ruminating on stuff that actually isn't going to make your life any better um and and pulling you down and I mean, for me, it, it's funny that the last example you give there, Liam, of the guitar, that's something that um, I have taken for granted, to be honest. As someone who's played mm. music for so much of my life, I have found over the last couple of years that I am so used to having a guitar in my hands that I've, I've kind of moved away from it a little bit. And I've forgotten the power of... If I do sit down with a guitar, even if I don't know what to play, by the time I've, I've strummed two different chords, suddenly I find it is kind of a mental rabbit hole. An hour can pass and yeah. I've, I've just played a bunch of songs I wasn't expecting to play that day or experimented with some chord progressions or something like that. Um, and yeah, the, these activities are, are meant to um, 
I guess they're kind of a healthy distraction, aren't they? I suppose mm. that's what they are, which distraction isn't a bad thing. I, I think that that's, you know, you know there are times in your life when you do need to focus and you do need to concentrate, you do need to get your head down. I'm sure if we were, if this podcast was about revising for your exams, we probably wouldn't be talking quite so much about yeah. computer games and playing the guitar. Yeah. But yeah. given, given the nature of what we're discussing, distraction is no bad thing. And, and you quite often find, I, I certainly think that... Um, things like cooking for me I find cooking to be quite meditative so mm. if if I've got I'm not a natural so I'm not a great cook um, but I can follow a recipe reasonably well and as long as I've got the steps all written down in front of me my I've got to the point now where my eyes and my brain can follow the steps pretty reliably without it taking up every bit of my brain and I could be at the same time listening to an audio book or a podcast or working through stuff you know st problems that I've got to solve and I find that cooking is a really good it, it's next to meditation for me actually even though I'm, I'm not a particularly good cook I'm um, it's making me better at meditating I think mm. yeah it, it, I think that's as with all these things, it, the the kind of more the more frequently you do them, the more your your kind of confidence grows, um, and that you can you can sort of fall into that, um, completely focusing on it as opposed to worrying about yeah, other things around absolutely. it. Absolutely, big time, and and achieve that kind of meditative state. Yes, yeah, definitely, brilliant. Well, shall we get into the last one of today that we have yeah. here? Right. Okay. Well, if you thought that meditation was something of a contentious, slightly scary topic, this next one is going to push the boundaries a little bit more for, for some people. And that is speak to a life coach. The reason that that is loaded for me, life coaching, what the hell is that? I can remember the first time that I ever heard of life coaching was in Neighbours in, it must have been the early, uh, eight, uh, early 90s, I guess, around then. And there was a storyline in which one of the characters had discovered, he was trying to, it was Lou, for any old old Neighbours fans, uh, if you're about the same age as me, then, then uh, you probably watched some of this in your childhood, but Lou had a car lot, he used to sell, sell cars, and um, he got into life coaching and he was practicing the art of visualization so he would be trying to keep in his mind imagine that um that jim robinson's going to come around the corner and he's going to buy a car and if you imagined it hard enough <laughs> this this actually happened uh, and if you imagine it hard enough that lo and behold here's jim and he's handing over the money for a lovely new car and you've made a sale now that is uh, that that was kind of the, it was cartoonish it was it was daft it was put across as a bit comical at the time and there was some doubts as to lose sanity when he was doing this if I remember correctly I was only young at the time but I, the, the storyline was pretty easy to follow and I think I'm right in saying that where that ended up the the person that was the that was Lou's life coach and, and was teaching all these people to do these things turned out in the story to they, they were some multi-millionaire fraudster who supposedly filling everyone's heads with with nonsense and making a load of money out of it because they were paying for these classes and at that time 
life coaching was becoming very trendy and I think that was the feeling. I can only assume that one of the writers had some sort of dalliance with, with it and it didn't go so well and they thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my revenge here. It's entirely possible. I've slightly misremembered the storyline. I would have only been about nine at the time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Now, that is what some people think of when they hear life coaching. What is a life coach? Well, and medical health professionals out there, I, I am paraphrasing what I've been told by some of you in the past with some of what I'm about to say. And please, anybody, feel free to email in and let me know if I've got wildly off the mark. But when we look at counselling, counselling tends to be backwards looking. So counselling is a way of looking at things that have happened in a person's past and helping them to come to terms with things that happened back then. And there is there is a time and a place when those things will be particularly helpful, perhaps for trauma um, in your childhood or in your earlier years, or might be helping with grief and things like that. Then there's therapy, which is a little bit more um, dealing with the now. So what are your more recent feelings what's in in the last you know week or last few months um what have you been experiencing how can we help give you some mechanisms to help deal with those circumstances um to go forward and then you've got coaching which it does deal with the now and actually a lot of life coaching will talk about how um now is the most important time. But ultimately the goal of it, as with any kind of coaching, um, is to help you put really good practices in place now that will help you for your future. This is kind of where I see it. And I've had counselling and I've had therapy and I've had coaching and there is a time and a place for all of them. Life coaching is something that you generally have to pay for. It isn't, as far as I'm aware, um, available through the NHS. Um, and I've found it to be one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, my, my wife um, was talking to a life coach some years ago. I can't remember how, where the recommendation came from, but at the time we were both a little bit like, oh, this is, this is a weird thing to be doing. This isn't the sort of thing that we do. Uh, that particular life coach was able to help my wife to come to an understanding of what she really wanted out of her career and in parts of her life and it the knock-on effect of that the the events that followed which wouldn't I don't think have happened had it not been for that coaching was that actually my wife was able to gather the the confidence and the knowledge that she needed to leave the corporate job that she was in um and begin her own business and follow her dreams. And follow her dreams is another phrase that is going to scare people off because it sounds a little bit out there, a little bit airy-fairy, like many of the other things that we've talked about. But it's it's so true. We live in a world where it is possible to do your own thing. Now, your, your life coaching journey might not end with you starting a business or leaving your job, uh, but I'm sure that it will um, result in you finding happier ways forward and identifying things that are making you unhappy at the moment and how to, to kind of um, navigate your way around those. I, three years ago I think, was, I reached a point where I had been trying so hard to fit into my, the, the environment where my career was for so long 
um, and I'd, I'd worked my way up to quite a, a responsible position in the company and my life became very much about the job and I had stopped having time or headspace to be able to be creative outside of work um, to I wasn't playing music I wasn't I wasn't doing I, my exercise routine had gone out of the window I was spending all my spare time either thinking about or doing work for my day job and the I reached a point where I really kind of, I, I, I lost my identity I'd kind of forgotten who I was there wasn't enough of me left and um I didn't know where to go I didn't know who to speak to about it and on some whim, I think maybe remembering the good work that Cara had done a few years ago on herself, I googled life coaches in my area. I got speaking to one. I had I ended up having a year's worth of um, of sessions with this particular coach, and she helped me to regain my confidence, my identity, to to know when to tell um, my work to stop, um, to, to put boundaries in place so that I could go back to living my life as well as doing perfectly well at my job, which I was perfectly capable of doing in working hours. And it was just phenomenal for my confidence and for finding a way forwards. Um, I then had a break from it for a year because I sort of felt like that had run its course. But then earlier this year, when a, a bit of a life-changing event came for me when I was offered redundancy I decided that it was time to um, engage with a life coach again not to help me make the decision I already knew the answer to that but um, to help me I knew that I was going to need some confidence if I was going to leave my job what I didn't want to do was fall straight into something else that felt like the the practical thing to do, i.e. go and find another job of a similar type, mm. when actually some of my stresses and depression and anxiety that have been built up over the last few years had, if not been caused by my job, certainly had been exacerbated by the fact that I was not in the right environment for me. And so I, I um, employed the help of a, a life coach and in fact I went to the life coach that had helped Cara before not because there'd been anything wrong with the first one who was brilliant but I just felt I just had a feeling for it and you do you kind of develop this intuition about people and who's the right person to help you life coaching that actually helps with that stuff um, and the, the, the last thing that I'll, I'll kind of say about that is a coach is never going to tell you the answers the truth is that you already know the answers to what makes you happy, what makes you unhappy, what you don't want to do with your life and possibly what you do want to do with your life. It's all locked up in there. Just like you know the difference between right and wrong innately, it's kind of locked up in, in you. But we suppress it. As adults, we don't like to think about um, following the easy path. We become victim to peer pressure and to falling in with a crowd and feeling that you must please do the thing that pleases your parents and your family and the people that you respect and you forget to actually follow your intuition and, and life coaching for me is all about finding the ability again to trust that intuition whether that means you end up staying in your current job but making a better um, go of it making it more enjoy enjoyable for yourself or making big life changes whatever it might be it's been hugely hugely helpful for me I, I'm currently working with a life coach who I adore um, and um, 
and funnily enough, um, Cara is also, uh, my wife is, is working with a different life coach. So she's moved on to someone else as well because she just had a feeling that it was, it was time to speak to a different person for a, a slightly different phase in her life. So, sorry, that was chapter and verse there, um, but as you can probably tell, it's something I'm quite passionate about, and it's certainly been extremely helpful to me, um, and most coaches will do at least a free session to get to know them and to decide whether it is helpful um, for you. So I would recommend that you look it up on Google. You'll probably end up in like a phone directory of local life coaches. Give one of them a call or an email and just out outline where you think you need um, some help. I think that's that's the the key point to lots of this isn't it is not just picking picking one thing and and trying it and and if that doesn't work say no that's not for me having given yourself that time to explore the different things around it be it speaking to several different life coaches yeah or trying several different recipes or different mindful uh meditation apps mm-hmm that, that there's so many options available that are uh, around that, that sort of fit within these broad themes. Yeah, yeah. That it's about it's about finding the the one that works best for you. Definitely, definitely, and and I think that that's um, that that actually kind of leads to a, a a general point about everything that we've discussed and things that um, that we will have touched on in um, in previous episodes that the if you are experiencing if you are going through a tough time in your life there's a couple of things that you need to take into account one is that it's okay to give yourself a break it's okay to to rest it's okay to take rest days it's okay to have time off work because your head needs recovery um it it's okay to nap it's okay to sleep it's okay to pull the duvets over yourself and take some time just to cushion yourself from the world. All of those things are, are not just okay, but probably necessary in some cases. It's also that the flip side of that is, I'm a strong believer that at some point you do need to take action. There does need to be some forward momentum and you, no one can do that but you. So rest and recovery is so important but um, things like meditation is wonderful but it does take practice and you must first of all find the energy just to, to open up your phone and mm. and to to tap on those apps and download a couple and listen to them and you know baking amazing bread whether your goal is to become amazing at baking bread or whether your goal is to have a bit of fun with it while you work through some mindfulness um, activity you're going to have to get it wrong before you get it right and that is true of anything this does require you know moving forwards with your life getting stronger feeling more positive doesn't happen on its own there has to be a point at which you are able to just muster enough energy to make the first step and it gets easier mm. after that, but I think it's really important to call out that, yeah, you, you, there will be some effort required on your part after the initial recovery. Is that fair, Liam, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think to, to go back to, to, to the original, uh, uh, to the first point that you raised um, in terms of something 
you said in in the in using your bed as a as a safe haven but i think if you can if you can muster up the energy to get up and try and do something and you, you know you you whether that's going out for a run or um making some food or something like that and and you end up back in bed after you've done that you can you can at least have the satisfaction of knowing that you've got it in your locker to get up and do something as well yeah sure and i think you know a lot of the time or particularly when you're in that situation where it is a real struggle just to get up having those um making those small steps forward it is still progress and and if that gives you the confidence even if it's going out for you know a 10 minute walk or a five minute walk and you come home and you think i can't do anything else today Mm -hmm. you've achieved something that day and you know the next day that you've you've got something that you can build upon as well yeah i totally agree absolutely you you it starts you've got to start somewhere and any step in the right direction is a good one no matter how small so you know absolutely yeah that that's the the place to start um is you know just with those first little steps Mm. Well, thank you again for listening to episode three of the Everyday Problems podcast. This is Tom once again, just tuning in to say thank you on behalf of myself and Liam. We had a great time recording the session. We really enjoyed calling out five key themes for things that make us feel better. You will have noticed that within those themes, there's lots of subcategories as well. So hopefully there's something, whether it's five aside or making bread or talking to a life coach that is of use to you. I think both Liam and I are in agreement that there are two key elements here to recovery and to making life better for yourself. One of them is that you must absolutely give yourself the opportunity to rest and recover. But the second is that if you want things to change and you want things to get better, at some point you do need to find just enough strength to make a difference and to try something a little bit new. So hopefully there'll be at least one thing in there that will be of use to you in the future. We'll leave you with a quote today from Henry Ford. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Take care.